Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. I am a totally different individual than most preachers, and I'm so glad. I'm not saved enough to be miserable. (laughs) I've seen some miserably saved preachers and people. People say, why does everything work for you? That's not cockiness or arrogance. Faith has no guesswork in it. You will write that down. There's no guesswork in it. And and just a minute before I get into this, I've realized um, that it's amazing to me how many ministries need things. And there's not a thing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with raising money. I've done it many times, but mostly for other people. Uh, Chan Crouch one time, I was doing one of their telethons and I mean, I'm preaching, I mean, sweat, I mean, sweat running down the back of my legs. Just, you know, it was one of those crazy times. And I turned it over to her and she said, you're raising a million dollars a minute. Get your butt back out there. Switch <laughs> <laughs> I said, I can't see, man, I'm soaking wet. You know, I said, use your eyelashes and knock the water off my face. Baby. <laughs> she said, <laughs> they were great friends of mine, Paul and Jan, over those years. And it was just such a blessing of the Lord. So I'd like to say things you may not like, but you should. Because I only say what my father says. And I only do what my father says to do. And it's such a blessing of the Lord. And, uh, Kathy, Nancy, if you don't mind, if you can give her that microphone, I want Kathy to come up and say, this is my wife of 53 years. Give her a hand clap as she comes. Thank you, thank you. It's so good to be here tonight, and we just love the Dufresne family. We've gotten Amen. to know them and spent just a little bit. Of, we could pack a lot in in just a few days, you know, when you have Jesus. And we, we tried to show them the town. And, and Nancy had a wonderful experience when someone that was knocked out against our car. <laughs> yeah, well. And they were it, fighting, see. They were fighting. And Nancy said, they're going to fight. I said, I'll run him over. Don't worry about it. It's coming. <laughs> she couldn't get over that. <laughs> but it's wonderful when you can meet up with a family that loves Jesus and loves to have a good time because, you know, we're just rehearsing what we're going to do when we get to heaven. Hallelujah. And you know, when the, when the band and the worship team was just singing that last song, just touched my heart so much. Uh, the worship here is like nothing else. It's so powerful. But it just kept saying, thank you. And all I could get but with thank Lord, thank you. Thank you for knocking on the door of my heart so long ago. And I, I thank you, Lord, that I opened it and you came in to live within me. Thank you, Lord, that you showed me how to pray for a heathen husband. <laughs> How to stand proxy and say, pray for my heathen. I prayed, people all over the nation prayed for him. He didn't even know it. But you have tools. You have things you can do. But I'm thankful that for all that he's done in my life. Thankful that he gave me the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and, and leads me by the Holy Ghost every single day. You know, so often I just walk through my day like so many of us do. Not realizing that we're spirit led. And we look back maybe the day later and say, oh yeah, that was God. You know, Peter got that. Jesus said, who do you men say that I am? And he says, they, oh, well, they say you're Isaiah prophet. And he says, well, who do you say? 
What are people saying? What do you say? We have to say, who do we say Jesus is? Well, Paul, Peter that day got a revelation. He didn't even know he was hearing from the Father. He says, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he says, blessed art thou. He says, plus flesh and blood. And y'all all know this. Has not revealed it to you, but my Father in heaven has. God is leading us by his spirit. The Father's voice is speaking to us. And this is a special moment in his presence. And I'm so glad I'm a part of it because I know that we're around people of like precious faith. Amen. And you can go higher. You can go deeper. You can get more. And I know we're among a body of people, a company of people that are ready to hear from heaven. And I came here too to hear. I, I get a lot from him. You know, I often say he preaches all my sermons. I've said it a few times. He preaches all my sermons and he doesn't give me any credit. But he gives me lots of cash. But we're, we're just walking in the blessing because of all these years of sowing, all these years of being faithful believing the dream, believing the word of God, and we are testifying today that God's word is true. Don't put any limits on what God wants to do in your life. This 2024 is going to be a great one for all those that will believe him. Amen. God bless you. Give her a hand clap. That's Kathy. What a blessing. You know, she's been pastor. I never thought my wife would be my pastor. And I was a heathen. I taught the devil a few things he didn't know. <laughs> you think I'm kidding you. You have no idea. Uh, and I got to watch myself when I'm, when I'm in New Orleans. You know, I was raised with the La Cosa Nostra, with the mafia, and I, you know, all a part of that. And we were driving down uh, the street. These guys come flying out. This, I guess it was a bar or something. And they fighting, and he hit my car. Nancy going, oh, oh. I said, let him get in. I just run him with the tires. But boom, you pop that and go on about your business. You know, now, that's before I was saved. It's the highlight of her. It was. And she loved it. She could, I almost saw it in her face. Do it again. No, no, no. <laughs> and, uh, and things of that name. So Kathy said that when I got saved, that the father had to give Jesus a blood transfusion <laughs> because he was running out of blood to washing my sin away. We ain't got no more. We don't have no more. And I know you laugh, but it's the truth. But God has been so good. And I thank you. Can I just call you Nancy? You know, we've become friends. And um, I, I really like this, this young lady. And, you know, Kathy always asked me, Jesse, are you older than that person? I said, everybody I preach for, I'm older than. <laughs> Except Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> you want to know how old I am? I'm 27,000 days old. <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> God is so good. Come quickly, Roy. I brought some material since I saw you last. I've heard it all. And really, I shouldn't be here. Nancy was so kind to call all her, her staff. And asked if I could come, and I said, I don't think so. So I asked my, uh, uh, my evangelism staff, they said, because I was in Ohio last night, snow, beautiful. And right now, we need to be praying for New Orleans because they got all kind of tornado warnings. We never have that stuff. But we left, we had to get out a little early and all that kind of stuff. So be praying for that because, you know, you know how meteorologists, they, you know, they, they like to pump things up so much because that's ratings. And, and then they can raise the price of their uh, things that they do on their channel. It's amazing what they do. But God is so good. Here, I, I believe I offered this last year. I wrote this book called The Hidden Help. 
And uh, it's such a blessing. It's on angels. I've had many, many encounters with angels. And, and without sounding properly arrogant, I've been to heaven in 1988. I was in Magnolia, Arkansas, room 105 at the Best Western Hotel. And, and the Lord brought me. People say, you had a vision. No, I got sucked out the room. I don't know how I got through to Zealand. I don't know anything about that. All I know, I went. Some people say, I don't believe it. I said, I don't care. Because right. you wasn't there. And many of you have talked to angels and don't even know it. Because the Bible said you've entertained angels on the web. And there's so many different types of angels and things of that nature. Uh, most people know about Michael the Archangel, or they know about Gabriel, the messenger, you know. And of course, Lucifer before he became Satan. But there's one angel you got to meet. His name is Metatron. He's one of the most powerful. He's called the Jehovah Angel. Powerful. He's the angel that guided Israel. And God Almighty said, do not provoke him because he will not forgive your trespasses. Go read it. And when you go to, when you see uh, Moses coming to the burning bush, the Jehovah angel shows up before Yahweh shows up. Go read it. You'll see it. The, that was Metatron. And then Jehovah said, take your shoes off your feet. See, and then Yahweh I am that I am showed up. We talk a little bit about him and different things of that nature. How do you know about those things? Well, I have a phenomenal library, but I talk to a lot of Jewish rabbis, and I'm asked to preach in synagogues and Catholic churches and, of course, wonderful churches like this. And uh, Brother Kenneth says, Jessica, it's the most amazing thing. He crosses barriers that most people can't. And I said, well, I don't try. I just, what you see is what you get. And I hope you can get this. It's called the hidden help. Anybody would like to have this here? You want this shirt, that man right there? Give that to that man right there. Okay, give me all this. I'll just do this. I wrote this book many years ago. And it was, it, I've had 13 number one best-selling books. But this book, it was in hardcover and it just sold out. And I, I, I wrote this probably 30 years ago. God's not enough. He too much. He got too much mercy, too much grace. You know he's going to save somebody you don't like. I mean, when the Lord said, I'm going to save your mother, Lord. let her go to hell, Jesus. You don't want to, you don't want to, want to, go, to you want to go to heaven. I'm telling you, I was serious about that. This will bless you how God's abundant nature can revolutionize your life. I just loved this book when I wrote it. I was laughing through most of it as I wrote it. I mean, anybody else want to, who wants to bring it over there, Roy, give it to somebody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This book here, I really get into some heavy stuff. You know, the Bible said the deep, call it the deep. I call it distortion, the vanity of genetically altered Christianity. That's one of my favorite books. It makes, it, it, do not buy this book if you are a baby Christian. Because this, this is going to give you diarrhea. <laughs> You're going to get mad. Because, <laughs> because you, I'm telling you, I'm not just trying to, uh, to move the book. I'm telling you. Most people have never heard the true gospel. How many of you have ever eaten pork roast? Anybody ever eat pork roast? How many of you have ever eaten bacon? Comes from the same pig, right? Why does the bacon taste different? They genetically altered it. They did something to it completely different. And you'd be surprised how people genetically alter the word of God. And it's called The Vanity of Genetically Altered Christianity. I, I, now, this is so, it was not a number one bestseller, but I mean, it was close. I love this book because it just, it hits where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. 
Like I had a Baptist preacher the other day, I got to tell you this. <laughs> he said, you want them prosperity and healing preachers, aren't you? You know, you can tell that's an idiot. <laughs> Man, you know, you know, he's he not dumb, he's just ignorant. <laughs> but the Bible said, be not ignorant. He said, oh, I, I, you know, healing not for the day and all that kind of stuff. I said, well, then you don't believe in the cross. Yeah. He said, yes, I do. I said, no, you don't. I said, your problem, sir, is you've only seen the front of the cross. I said, walk with me. Let's go behind the cross. Come on, I'm going to show you something. I said, because you see, the cross tells you everything. Walk behind the cross. I said, what do you see on Jesus' back? Bleeding, cuts, whiplashes, cat of nine tails, bone, flesh being ripped. And by his stripes, you were healed. I said, you can't take healing away. You can't, because see, it would take away salvation if you did. Salvation and healing on the cross. He didn't know what to say. I said, keep walking with me. As we walked around the side, and, and there they are gambling for Jesus' robe. I said, that's prosperity. You don't gamble for rags. You gamble to get something better than what you got. That's prosperity. I said, he goes, oh. I said, now walk with me to the front. We'll go back to the front of the cross. I said, now climb the cross. I said, you always been at the foot of it. Get away from the foot of it. Climb the cross. Get up and go see what Jesus said. And you'll see go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But see, he's been genetically altered. And that's why some people die in his church. Sick. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. See, and it, it, it shook him up. I said, now you go pray about that and meditate on what I said. And I said, still stay Baptist. Baptist good people. I said, but you're going to change. Because see, now you've been to the front, the back, the side, and then you climbed it. Then you see what Jesus said. Distortion, the vanity of genetic. Oh, that, that lady back there, the lady's doing this. You give her that, that's fine. Hallelujah. And then this one here, I love this book. I'm going to bring it everywhere because this is me. See? <laughs> and it's such a true statement. I've never learned to doubt. I know nothing of doubt. I wasn't raised churchy, you know, so I didn't have to unlearn things. You see, I mean, none. I, I never heard a tithe in my life till Kathy showed it to me. I thought it said tires. <laughs> remember that? Remember that uh, first time in that church or uh, after we had got born again and the pastor picked up a, his morning tithe and offering. I thought he said tires because I saw a bus out there. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, the bus needs some tires or something. You know? And God, I said, what is, she said, not tires, tithe. I said, what is that? She said, you give 10% of the income. I said, oh. I said, that in, is that in the Bible? And she went to Malachi. To me, it was Malachi. Yeah. I was raised with Sicilians, you know what I'm saying? I said, oh, we'll do that the rest of our life. Never struggle with it. Now, you got some preachers now saying tithe is not for the day because it's under the law. No, it's not. Let me help you real quick so you can, you can stop this junk. Is, are you Moses' seed? Moses is the lawgiver. What a man, huh? Woo. Are you Moses' seed? When God gave him the Ten Commandments, was your name on that tablet? You know why? Because you weren't Moses' seed. Whose seed are you? What did they do? Has nothing to do with the law. He tied the Melchizedek. What is Jesus? A high priest on the order of Melchizedek. Why don't you just tell the truth? You don't want to tie. 
Just, just tell the truth. I told that to a guy. I said, just, you don't want to tithe, man. Just say, I don't want to tithe. I ain't going to get mad at you. That's between you, between you and God. Do, you do what you got to do. How come you so blessed? <laughs> Not because of Malachi 3.10. Because of Malachi 3.11. He rebukes the devourer for my sake. I had an air-conditioned man said, I would die of starvation waiting on your air-conditioned to break. I remember you, Rory, he now works for me. I had to give him a job. <laughs> he works for me now, full time. Hallelujah. I never learned a doubt. Doubt is mental anemia. It's a form of atheism. You doubt God's word. You doubt that he exists. Because in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. And I think this little man lifted his hand up. He wants that book. So we'll give him that. Go avail yourself to the book and resource table if you so desire. Stand to your feet one more time. Stretch a little bit. If you have to rub something, rub it quick. Get it over with. Okay, you can be seated. I want to make sure you're all right. I want to preach my theme that the Lord gave me this year, but I'm not going to do it tonight because I have to establish this theme at, at Covenant Church. But I, I may do it at the Brother Copeland's Ministers Conference. And I use Genesis 18. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? This is the theme for 2024. Is there anything to hold the Lord? No. Then give God a job. Give God a job. Keep God busy. And he'll keep you busy. Give him a job. I told you that one time. Uh, Sister Nancy called me and asked me something about some business things and stuff like that. And we talked a little bit and I said, Nancy, give God a job. You see what I'm saying? God can't do nothing until you release it out of your hands. A mountain will never move till you talk to it. But see, the church don't tell you. The church makes you a mountain climber. Doesn't make you a mountain dissolver. Makes you climb the mountain. Makes you think you're spiritual climbing the mountain. When all it is is you're wasting time. Never mix faith and time. How many of you people are pastors? Hold your hand up. I put your hand down. How many of you, you've had people leave your church? Why? It's not because of what you said. They enjoyed what you said. But you see, it didn't work fast enough. See, they mixed faith and time. Time becomes your enemy. You go, oh man, I mean, that ain't working, so they quit. You see, when, why would you do that when you're a timeless being? Now, this is some of the stuff I'm going to talk about when I do this theme in a couple of weeks. And to make people understand, to give God a job. And you have to give him something impossible. He will not do possible things. That's your job. That's our job, see. He does impossible. He won't show up until something is impossible. Why? Because then the only way it can work is if you believe in him and you have faith. But that's for another time. And uh, so I, how many of you get my pardon letter? Anybody here gets my pardon? I mean, thank you for being partners in this ministry. 100% of what you give goes in the world evangelism. But I mean, if you're not a partner with Nancy, be a partner with her. Well, you know, I don't have a lot of money. Well, that's your fault. I don't mean that sound hard. When the Bible said, the Lord's your shepherd, is the Lord your shepherd? Is the Lord your shepherd? Yes. Let me say it. Is the Lord your shepherd? Yes. Or let me get black with it. Is the Lord mm -hmm, your shepherd? Hey! You know. Well, the Bible says you shall not want. So I've said this here before. I'll say it again. I never ask God for need. Such a waste of spiritual energy. When he says, when he, says he supplies how many need? Why are you asking for it? Why don't you tell him what you want? 
I've said it before, I've got to say it again, because see, when you get what you want, you destroy all you need. When you have what you want, you don't even think about need. See, but the church says, oh, that's greed. No, that's growth. The Lord's your shepherd. If you've got your Bibles or your iPads or your phones, go with me to the book of uh, Acts chapter 12. I want to read a little scripture, and I'll give you the title of this, and then I'm going to preach something totally different tomorrow morning and things of that nature, and then let God flow in this service as he declares or wants to do. Acts chapter 12, I want to start reading with verse 1. I like the old King James Version because it's so poetical. I've noticed people, most people use a lot of different translations, and that's good. But when they quote scripture, they usually quote old King James because it sticks in the mind. Uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now, I'm going to read a little scripture tonight. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. There are a lot of people who want to vex the church. Tyrus. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. See, you can do that if you're a king. I wonder how many people have died in churches. When God made us kings and priests and you took that authority in a wrong way and destroyed that person. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. Verse 3. And because he saw it, he pleased the Jews. Now, how could that please the Jews? How could anything like that ever please someone that goes to the church? Some people want to see an Ananias and Sapphira. Just kill somebody in there, God. <laughs> it pleases them. How can that be when the love of God is beyond human reasoning? Hmm. And because he saw it, it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quatrains of soldiers, as 16 soldiers. 16, to guard a preacher, to keep him, intending after Easter, I believe that's the only time you hear the word Easter in the Bible, to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church under God for him. Don't that sound good? Not one body, not one person in that church believed in Nobody believing. All praying. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, help me, Lord. Oh, Jesus. And I'm going to prove that in just a minute. When Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keeper before the door kept the prison. Now, would you be sleeping? They're going to kill you the next day. Think about that for a minute. I mean, they're going to kill this man. And the church is going to like it. The Jews are going to like it. He's sleeping. And behold, the word behold means look. The angel of the Lord came upon him and the light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side. He had to kick him to get him up. And raised him up saying, arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. See, when you get in the presence of God so powerful, you don't have to command the chains to fall. You had another level. Chains fall off. The problem with people, the church puts chains on you and makes you think it's jewelry. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> chains fell off from his hand. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. 
And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wished not that, that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. See, he comes out of a, a hard sleep and he's thinking, this is a vision. There's 16 soldiers. He's bound with chains. There's doors. There's gates. I mean, he's way back deep in the prison. I'll prove it to you in verse 10. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came into the iron gate that leaded to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street. And forthwith, the angel departed from him. Underline that. The most important statement in this chapter. And the angel departed from him. When Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. So he knew they wanted to kill him. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. That sounds like Brother Hagin, doesn't it? Yeah. I met Jesus on the, on, the, on the left side of the bed on, uh, on the east side of the church. All kinds of cool. I don't know how that anybody that have helped anybody, you know. He saw him on the west side. You, okay. But, you know, God does things biblically. That's not a criticism, and I just, I believe Brother Hagin read that verse. Let me read verse 12 again. When he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda, which means Rose. She was a Gentile, was brought there. When she knew Peter's voice, she opened up the gate for gladness. See, women should be silent in the church. <laughs> I had a preacher tell me, he said, Kathy can't pass their church. Women should be silent in the church. I said, then they can't sing. Rip everybody out of your worship. Can't sing. When have you ever found a woman that was silent? See, they don't understand. They're not dumb. They're ignorant. They got to understand why Paul said what he said. Men sat on the left. Women sat on the right. Women would say, hey, honey. You can't do that kind of stuff. You know how children want to talk to you when the service is going? Ma! So you take them outside and beat them and bring them back in? <laughs> and that's sad. God help us. Let me read verse 13 again. As Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened up the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Now here's the church coming up here. Who's been praying ceaselessly? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord, nobody knows the trouble I said. Oh, God, you got to help Peter. Help Peter, Lord. Help him. Help him, Jesus. Verse 15. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. Now, that was a Pentecostal one there. You're nuts. But she constantly affirmed. Why? Because women are not solid. She constantly affirmed that it was given so. Then they said, it is his angel. 
They're all sounding churchy, but nobody believing. Praying, going to prayer meetings, kneeling, sweating, whatever, you know. Just, oh God, all night, all day. Ah, verse 16. But Peter continued knocking. Someone knocking on the door. Somebody ringing the bell. That's the title of this message. Someone knocking on the door. You think Paul McCartney was prophesying? With his band called Wings? Someone knocking on the door. He continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Do you see how much doubt? But he beckoned unto them with the hand of holy feet. Shut up. Because he could have he got caught again. He's out in the street trying to get in the church. Harder to get in the church than it is to get out of prison. But he beckoned unto them with the hand of holy peace and declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go show these things unto James. And to the brother, and then Peter just hooked up and got out of there. And he departed and went into another place. I want to go back to what I told you in verse, uh, verse 11. No, no, where am I talking at here? Verse, which, which one you say, guy? Let me find it again here. And the angel departed. Where, verse, verse 10, that's what I was talking and when they were past the first and the second more, they came into the iron gate that led to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street and fought with the angel, departed from it. Notice the angel did not bring him to the church. That's not God's job. That's Peter's job to get to the church. He couldn't get out of jail. That's impossibility. He gets him out of jail. He said, I see you later. That's a revelation, didn't it? See, you thinking God's going to bring you to your place. Uh -uh. See, when you're in trouble, he's going to get you out and then go say, walk. Yes. Now get to where you're supposed to go. Right. See, because Peter could have got caught again, thrown back in jail. Right. The angel departed. I did my job. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And that's why so many people get mad at God because they want God to bring them to the, hold them by the hand. Yeah. Like my grandmother taught me how to tie my shoe. My shoe. That was hard boy, when I was little. She said, I'm going to teach you this because if she wouldn't, I would still be sticking my foot in Kathy's lap and say, would you tie my shoe? <laughs> no, you got to learn. Yeah. The angel departed. How come I hadn't got where I was supposed to go? It was supposed to go because you hadn't walked yet. Yeah. You're still out in the street yeah. waiting for God to come walk with you. Yeah. No, he's got you out of that hard place. Now move towards your destiny and complete your destiny and reach your destination. Yeah. Do you see that? So write this down if you're taking notes. Faith keepers. Say, I'm a faith keeper. Faith keepers never put faith in the wrong place. You get what you want because you demand it from life and life sends it to you. See, I demand to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in and blessed going out. I demand that. I don't have time for sadness, sickness, decay in any way, shape, or form. Now, you can believe what you want, but I made up my mind. 
I demand. I don't ask. I demand and command. That sounds like God. Command ye me concerning my word. Command. That's kind of hard. You think, whoa, Lord. No, no. Because if you know his word, you can command. Let me say it again. Faith keepers never put faith in the wrong place. You get what you want because you demand it from life and life sends it to you. So I demand and I command. You see, I'm not waiting for God to complete my job. I give him a job. He gives me a job and we both do what we're supposed to do. You see, that's why the angel departed. So many people waiting. Oh God. Oh Jesus. And man, God, if you don't come now, he already came. See, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to know when you get there. Why, why do you need money? And I said it before here, I'm going to say it again. Because you don't know how much you want. You know how much you need. Oh, you know what you need. But you don't know what you want. Because the church was, oh, you can't ask for that much. That's greed. No. That's growth. If money's so bad, why do you retire on it? Why do you buy groceries with it? Why do you send your kids to school on it? Why do you pay college tuition and put gas in your car with it? Money must not be bad because you sure use it a lot. Now you don't fall in love with it because money can be a, a betrayer. It'll leave you in a second. But if you do what you, you know, if you do what money's supposed to do, it's just because you live in an economic world. Well, how come there's no money in heaven? Don't need it. Ain't nobody got needs. Everybody got wants. They got it all. Think about that for a minute. Oh, yeah, but that's when we get to heaven. Oh, God. <laughs> Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? As it is where? Don't get mad at me if I'm blessed. It ain't my fault. I'm just being biblical. I'm, I'm, I'm just believing this. Who do you think you are? A believer, a faith keeper. I'm not bragging about that. Just what it is. How many of you are saved? Prove it. You can't. You have no contract signed by God. If you die, you go to heaven. But ain't nobody can talk you out of it. Well, if they can't talk you out of it, how can they talk you out of your healing? When it's on the same cross. Just go behind the cross and look at all them gashes. See, when you continue to knock, someone knocking on the door, somebody ringing the bell. When you continue to knock, faith tells you to never expect disappointment. Write that down. When you continue to knock, faith tells you to not expect disappointment. When Kathy goes shopping, I'm not going to be disappointed. She's going to go get something. I did, I was telling Nancy and her family in the back, I did something this year I've never done in my life. There's a little song, and I always thought it was a song. On the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me a partridge in a pear tree. So I was talking to one of my employees who works for me. She's from Germany. She said, do you know that's what we do? We celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. I said, that's 12 days of Christmas. I said, no, it's Christmas. She said, that's the first day. And the next day is the second day. He said, we celebrate Christmas from December 25th to January the 5th. I thought it was just a song. No, they do it in Europe all the time. And isn't it sad? You had just one glorious day. 
then you got to wash the dishes after that. (laughs) Oh, back to the, well, here we go, boy. No. So I said, God, we're going to celebrate all 12 days. So we celebrated all the way to January 25th. She said, take me to the mall. I took her to the mall. We went out and eat every day. I said, man, just like it was Christmas day. It was great. That's not in my sermon, but that's a good revelation. (laughs) When you continue to knock, faith tells you to never expect disappointment. I refuse to be disappointed. Yeah, but. No, no, I don't have the yeah, but. Suppose it don't. No, I don't have the suppose it don't work syndrome. See, the church has preached that for millennium. I will not have that. Now, you do what you want to do because you got a free will. But why would you want to do that? Write this down. You will never remove a mountain standing still and looking at it. As I said a while ago, you must speak to it. Say to the mountain, be thou removed. Be thou cast in the sea. You got to tell the mountain where to go. Why come you have a problem telling your mountain where to go? You tell everybody else where to go. How come you can't tell the mountain where to go? Answer that. I'm going to make this so simple. Because it really is. You need a good theologian to help you misunderstand the Bible. He'll give it to you homiletically, hermeneutically, philosophically, theologically. I mean, I have three doctor degrees. I mean, you know, I mean, I am Dr. Jesse Duplantis, but nobody calls me doctor. You ever call Billy Graham Dr. Graham? You call him Billy. You know, Kenneth's got is a, a doctor of divinity. You don't call him Dr. Ken, Dr. Copeland. Call him Kenneth. I call Jesus Jesus. He called me Jesse. Why do you believe this so much? I'm going to shock you with this. Don't get mad at me. Let me explain it. I don't call him master no more. Oh, look at you. (laughs) I don't call him master no more. The disciples called him master until he died, resurrected, ascended. He was glorified. They quit calling him master and called him Lord. I call him Lord, not master. You see, a lot of people give Jesus their sin, but they don't give him their life. Oh, they'll give him his sin, but they ain't going to give him their life. They want Jesus as Savior, but they don't want him as Lord. They call him master, master, master. And he's always pulling them out of a bind. But when they saw him glorified, Lord. It's a much higher level of a name, and God's got over 70 of them. See, so I don't call him master. I call him Lord, and when he's Lord of my life, it's more than a master. I'm not doing this because I have to. A master is kind of like a slave mentality situation. Yet God set you free, and whom the Son he set free is free indeed. You can go to hell if you want to. I don't know why you would. Do you, see, you understand what I'm saying? Let these statements get into you. You have to meditate and concentrate on that because it changes your understanding of what I call impartation, a gift in waiting. See what I'm saying? When you understand that, you will never remove a mountain standing still and looking at it. So many people go, they give testimony. I'll tell you one thing. This thing's getting bigger by the day. Well, you're talking, but you're talking to the wrong. You're not saying right things. You have what you say. 
because you say it what you have. The ministry of God gives the harvest, but the ministry of man must bring it home. See, God's not going to bring your harvest home. The ministry of God gives the harvest. You got to go out there and cut that harvest. But the ministry of man must bring it home. See, Jesus turned the water into wine, but he didn't go fetch the water. See, he didn't go get the water. Now, why did he turn the water into wine? Do you know that was Jesus' day off? He had a day off. Got invited to a wedding. Pretty nice. So he told us, let's go down there, man. We've been working hard and walking up and down these dusty roads. He goes down there. But you know, you got mama. You got to understand about women. Women are more powerful than men. Oh, God, yes. They are. They're controlling everything. Go to the mall tomorrow. You walk in the mall, you're going into women's perfume, women's shoes, women's clothes. Where's the men's section? It's back on the left-hand side by the bathrooms. <laughs> they know men ain't got no money. It's the truth. Here's Mary. He's trying to have a day off. She says, Jesus, he loves his mama, you know. It's nothing like a mama. You never heard anybody ever die on, on, on the field of the wars. Said, tell my daddy bye. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. They say, mama. Man, a woman put guilt on you. My mama said, I carried you for nine months in my body, boy. You almost killed me. Your daddy wanted to kill you, but I, I kept you alive. Okay, mama, whatever you say, mama, whatever you say. Mamas are powerful. She says, Jesus, we're out of wine. I can see Jesus. What that got to do with me? I'm a visitor here. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm just enjoying myself. But see, women will put it on you. She'd walk by Jesus and go. <laughs> and she told those guys with the water, uh, do whatever he tells you to do. Yes, Jesus sitting there here. She walked back. I can see it in his face. It ain't my wedding. <laughs> he said, woman, it's not my time. That don't change a mama. Walk back to him. Who cares? Women don't care what time it is. Okay. He turned the water into wine, but he didn't go fetch the water. Angel departed. Somebody got to bring him the water to turn into wine. Do you see my point, what I'm saying here? Everybody want God to go do all that and everybody just drop in your lap and go, oh, that's great. Don't work that way. See, the ministry of God gives the harvest, but the ministry of man must bring it home. I'll never forget when I married Kathy. June the 6th, 1970, at 11 a.m. at Holy Rosary Catholic Church. We were Catholic. And that priest starts off with nomine patria fili, spiritu santi. Everybody doing it, and I'm going. What? He said, "Do you take this woman to be your lawful wife?" I, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to talk. Do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? I said, "That's exactly what I'm gonna do as soon as you finish." Ha! Oh! Well, he asked. He, he, he caught me drinking the holy wine. 
He goes, ho, that's holy. I said, this, show, this is good stuff. Now I know why you don't give it to the people. You just put that little piece of bread on, but man, you, 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 you suck it on the wine yourself here. I was a heathen. I'm not, I'm not, you can ask Eddie, I am not exaggerating nothing. <laughs> Write this down. You must gather the forces necessary to accomplish your desires. You must gather the forces necessary to accomplish your desires. Determination and prayer will get it done. You have to be determined and pray to get, but you got to gather those forces necessary to accomplish your desires. Delight yourself, therefore, in the Lord, give you the desires of your heart. The reason why you're a little nervous about desires is because people might think you're greedy. Have you ever thought in your finite mind why you love jewelry if you're a lady? You ever thought about that? Why do you like Louis Vuitton? Christian Dior, Chanel, Givenchy, Gucci. Have you ever thought in your finite mind that God made you desire that so he could give it to you? Oh, that, that's just impossible. No, it's not. Because he wants it to be a delight. You must gather the forces necessary to accomplish your desires. See, determination and prayer will get it done. When God tells me to do something, I immediately do it. When God tells me to give, I don't wait because you're going to talk yourself out of it. I immediately go do it. And I'm not bragging on myself. I've learned that obedience is better than sacrifice. Boy, we know how to sacrifice, don't Church, no, just beat me, Jesus. Just beat the hell out of me. Jesus, just beat me, Jesus. Just, just tear me up. Just knock me. Just destroy me, Lord. He said, no, all I want you to do. That's not cussing in Louisiana. That's a location. He just wants you to obey. But you think if you got more wounds, it's going to be pleasing to it. All he does is heal them. If he loved wounds so much, why does he heal them? Man told me the other day, I've been knowing you 45 years. I said, oh, thank you. I've never seen you sick. I said, I didn't have time. <laughs> what? I didn't have time. I ain't got time for that. Right. Oh, that's arrogance. Don't that sound arrogant and cocky? I know people going, well, he just, he just cocky. You don't know me. I don't think you ought to have that jet. I don't think I asked you. Did I ask you? See, the internet has really done something. It's, it's made the deaf talk. They can't hear a thing, but they sure talk. That's sad, isn't it? What are you, a faith keeper? Someone knocking on the door. Write this down. Faith keepers need God for the rescue. But for the rescue, God needs you. 
Faith keepers need God for the rescue. That's a fact. But for the rescue, God needs you. How many times God said, what do you want me to do, Jesse? What are we going to do today? I said, you don't know what you're going to do? He said, well, you're my hands. You're my feet. What are we going to do today? Where are you going to take me today? Christ in you. The hope of glory. See, we don't think like that. But see, you're not God's children. I mean, you're not God's adults. Yeah, you grow to the fullness of the statue of Christ. You're God's children. And children are born believers. Till you teach them to doubt. So don't. Jody, my, I have one daughter and one granddaughter. We just love them. They just uh, bless it. How come y'all haven't had more children? We didn't have time. I'm serious. I'm running. I've been running 90 to nothing since I'm 11 years old. I've been working full time. I've worked a 52-hour week at 11 years old. You can't do that today because of child labor law. My daddy got me a job <laughs> at the IGA food line, a grocery store. He only picked me up one time in my whole life at school. I was 11. Just turned 11. He said, boy, I got you a job. <laughs> and, the, and the grocery store was only, I don't know, two and a half, three minutes away from the grocery store. We got out of school at 2.35. He said, they're going to drop you off at the IJ Food Line. You go to work from 3 o'clock in the afternoon to 11 o'clock, 11.30 at night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. I'm not kidding you. And boy, I ain't buying no more clothes, no shoes, no socks, no nothing. You understand me? And you're going to start paying rent to live here. You pay 10 bucks a week. The average rent back there in 1959 was $35 to $40 a month. I had to pay $10 a week in a five-week month, $50 a week. He said, your grades are not going down neither. You understand that? Your mama get on me, I'll get on you. Never bought me, a th- never after that. So I'm going to make a man out of you. He did. He did. I got a raise at that place. At 11 and a half years old, the owner of that said, let's eat a hamburger together. The owner of the store, he said, call me little Jesse. Little Jesse, you, oh, man, you sharp. I said, sir. I he said, how can I sell more vegetables? Produce. That's how he said, how do I sell more produce? I said, give me a water hose. He said, what? I said, can I have a water hose? I said, I'm going to water all those vegetables, which will make them look real fresh. Right. <laughs> if you ever see vegetable with water, I created <laughs> I am not kidding you. They never done that. Mr. Stump was his name. He sent that all over America. And I shined them cucumbers. And we sold 100% more of the produce that next week. He, put, he sits me down. I'm making you a manager of this produce department. I'm 11 and a half years old. I'm making $30 a week. I cleared $22.29 a week. I had to give my daddy 10 bucks. So I had $12.29. But a pair of jeans, Levi's, cost $4. No, three bucks. A gallon of milk was 15 cents. That's way back when. He sat me down. The man that was going to work for me, I'm 11 and a half. It was a man, 28, 32, and I think 22. And he told him, he said, if you don't do what this boy tell you to do, I'll fire all three of you. <laughs> this boy making money for me. So he gave, <laughs> I'll never forget it. He called me, we were sitting out eating a little cheese, but he said, Jesse, I know you make $30 a week. I'm raising you to 50 bucks a week. I said, $50? <laughs> 
He said, yeah. He said, you gonna tell your mom and dad? No, he gonna raise the rent. I ain't done nothing. I never did. Uh-uh. I know my daddy. That's a true story. Kathy was a lot cheaper than my daddy. And I married her. I said, oh, this is easy, buddy. He didn't apologize to me until he was 84. I only hugged my mother once. When I was five and a half, six years old, my grandfather went. And I backed away. He said, we're men. We don't do that. Well, how many times mama, when I was, I don't know, 17, 18, hugged me just, never hugged my father, shook his hand. How many men know what I'm talking about? If you're a man, my age, am I, you, you know what I'm talking about. That's just the way it was. Couldn't cry. Forget it. your sister could cry. <laughs> I mean, just like a seal. <laughs> just cry. But not you, son. Mac truck run over your legs, bones hanging up. Put them bones back in your leg, boy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not kidding you. I ain't paying for them bones, boy. <laughs> Just the way it was, man. He wanted to come eat lunch with me in New Orleans. And my brother came. He said, hey, Wayne. He said, Daddy want to eat lunch. We're going to come eat lunch. I said, I said, Wayne, you think he'd like the country club? He said, he ain't never been to the country club. He might like it. I said, I'll take him to the country club. And I said, Jody, my daughter, I said, why don't you come on with him? And your grandpa's coming. So I see my daddy, but for me to you, sir, he's walking toward me. Like I've done all my life, I stuck my hand on And he slapped my, pushed my hand down, and he hugged me. I went, uh. <laughs> uh. And Jody goes, hug your daddy, daddy. I went, you okay? Are you all right? What's wrong? And Wayne said, he blew me away too, man. Can you believe it? And he had tears. He said, I apologize for working you like a dog. You and Wayne. Now, he didn't work my younger brother or my sister like that. And we've had to bail him out for some Lord Jesus. But not me and Wayne. So he made men out of us. And we looked at him, me and Wayne. I, I, he knew I was shocked. I said, Dad, that's okay. Don't need to. No, no, I have to apologize. I said, what'd you do with the money? <laughs> yeah, Wayne said, yeah, Dad, Dad, what you did with the money? He said, I spent it. He said, that's okay. We said, that's okay. That's the only time I ever hugged my father. They're all in heaven now, my brothers, both brothers. I'm the, I'm the last two planets. I feel like the last of the Mohicans. You know? <laughs> it's my first Christmas without my family. I didn't get a phone call. I didn't get this, hey, Jeff, Merry Christmas. Wayne or whoever. But I know they're alive. See, because they have not passed away. They have arrived. Mm. Stone walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. Because that, that's where Peter was. Don't get into an unexpected mood. Don't mix faith and time. You're a timeless being. That's how you get destroyed. That's why people left you. Because you preached something they loved, they did it, and it didn't happen right away. Mm, that stuff don't work. And they quit. And then you feel bad. What, what, what I did wrong? Nothing. You're a timeless being. Stone walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. Don't get into an unexpected mood. You see, I mean, he was so deep in that prison. 
They're trying to get out of there. And that angel got him out of there, but didn't take him to the church. That was his job. You see, God has to teach us good habits. A good habit will give you continuance for grace and produce action for success. See, I'm addicted to a blessings. Oh, God. I mean, I am, you, I, the anointing of increase on my, Jesus. I've had Brother Coleman say, rub my head, Jesse. We've been working together for 34 years. It's such a blessing. And he has got an increase on him. This is many years ago. I mean, I'm addicted. I am addicted to blessings. And, and the Lord supports my habit. I don't mean that pridefully. It ain't my fault. Thou shall remember the Lord of God. I do that every day. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. What do you want me to do? That's just Deuteronomy 18. A good habit will give you continuance for grace and produce action for success. You're a success going somewhere to succeed. I'm not just telling that to make you feel good. I mean, out of what? How many billion people we have on this planet? Almost nine billion, eight point something. God chose you. Now, what are the odds of that? A gambler wouldn't gamble on that. The odds are too big. But God said, that's a man. That's a woman I could use. So I, I stand up for women preachers. Why? Why not? Well, I want me, let me tell you something. Deborah was a judge of Israel. That's higher than a pastor. Pastor is a certain department. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, then you got the judge. Here come the judge. She ruled that whole nation. That's higher than a pastor. That's ruling the church. And why do people get mad? Why do babies get mad? Babies, boy, I'm telling you, they can be four months old. Look at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep you up all night long just to show you they can. You know why they're mad? They were not created to be ruled over. They were created to rule. See, you weren't created to be ruled over. That's why it irritates you. You were created to rule and reign in this life. So that's not a bad thing. He made you kings and priests. My God. And he's the king of kings. Well, who's the king that he's king over if he's king of kings? You. And a king has a domain. Has dominion. Do you see what I'm saying? Write this down. Belief in the answer to prayer means you have become accustomed to dwelling at the source of all comfort. Belief in the answer to prayer means you have become accustomed to dwelling at the source of all comfort. People trying to argue with me now over the rapture. You're one of those escapist theorists. I said, no, I just believe in the rapture. Well, I don't. Well, then stay here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be mad that you stay. Stay if you want. Jesse going out on the first load, do what you want to do. I'm out of here. But you do what you want to do. Stay. Yeah. Why do you believe in the rapture? You ever know we use the same scriptures for the rapture that they believe for against the rapture? I said, you know why I believe in the rapture? That last little statement Paul said, comfort yourself with these words. What's the Holy Spirit's name? Comforter. How come you're not in comfort? That has amazed me. That doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble in life. Everybody does. 
but he's a comforter. So it's a comfort, comfortable thing to know, to believe in the catching of a way. I can see it all over the scripture. But if you don't want to, stay. You don't want to be here, stay sick. You enjoy broke, stay broke. I mean, do, you know, I, I'm not mad at you. You could do so much better. Mm. See, belief in the answer to prayer. Do you believe your answers are coming? Answer to prayer means you have become accustomed to dwelling at the source of all comfort. See, I've become accustomed to answered prayer. And I get it done quick now because I don't add time with it. Time used to mess me up bad, but I'll tell you what, I thought, well, I'm not going to do this thing yet. That sounds like Abraham. Uh, he's supposed to give me a son, see that I, seeing that I go, Charlie, well, you want to see something? What are you seeing? What are you looking, what, why are you trying to see something here? Seeing that I go, Charlie, seeing? Elias, no, no, I told you through Sarah, well, all the nations of the world be blessed. Them angels or something, buddy. They know, let me tell you about Amy, they can read your mind. He said, why Sarah laughed? She said, I didn't laugh, you lying. You, you, you lying. You laughed. Because it can't happen. She's 90. He's 100. Viagra has not yet been invented. It ain't going to happen. It can't happen. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Abraham, give me a job. God touched Abraham. He walked into Sarah's tent and she went, whoo, get down with your bad self, Abraham. Hey, Abraham. Boy, you had to lean on. How you doing there, girl? Someone knocking on the door. Somebody ringing the bell. Oh. Look at all the old guys. Yes, yes. I figured, I figured I'd get a reaction. Woo! Now, some of y'all are not laughing. You must be Baptist. You ought to laugh. I love the baby. You're going, it's okay. I've become accustomed to answered prayer. See, faith keepers. Now, I want you to listen to this statement. It's a point, but I want you to listen before you write it down. Faith keepers either have a very good conscience or a very dead one to be able to sleep in perilous times. Either you got a great conscience or a dead one that you can actually fall asleep in perilous times. People get mad at me all the time about President Biden. You don't care much about, yeah, you don't care much about Biden. I said, no, you said that. I didn't say no. No, I said, well, you, you, you never say anything. You said, well, why should I remember? He ain't going to remember what he said. <laughs> well, I'm going to remember what he said. <laughs> now, I'm not being critical. It's just a fact. Yeah. Your name is Joe. Yeah. <laughs> and don't ask Kamala, because she's going to give you a word salad, huh? The word Joe... 
I call it a word salad. Ain't no telling what's in there, man. <laughs> Either they have a great conscience or a dead one because the boy's sleeping in the midst of trouble. They constantly, how many of you have seen me on Flashpoint? You like me? They always want me on Flashpoint. They say, boy, Jesse, Jesse will just say what he thinks. I'm not really political. I vote in every election. Local, state, federal, we do that. We, I believe in that. But, you know, but they ask me, I'm going to tell you what I believe, you know, that kind of stuff. But I'm not worried about all this mess going on. Why? It's supposed to. Only thing on your mind should be this, and this gospel. Not a gospel, some gospel, some opinion. And this gospel shall be preached to the world for a witness, and the end shall come. Then there's another little statement, occupy till I come. So that's just what I do. Let me close with this. My God, I'm going along here. Faith keepers have a homing instinct that will tell them where to go even if the angels departed. You see, I'm a Holy Ghost salmon. Salmon, one of the most phenomenal fish you've ever seen in your life. They're born in some little stream with not enough water to water the egg. They grow. They fight their way through rocks. They go out in the ocean. They may go all the way to Australia for four years and then a homing instinct kicks in. And they turn around. And they come back to the exact same place where they were birthed. And give up their life. For the next generation. See, faith keepers have a home and instinct. That will tell them where to go even if the angel has departed. I've had people say, I don't know why I'm your partner. I said, I can tell you why. Home and instinct. You were made for me. That's shocking to say that, huh? I was made for you. And why do you give the Dufresne Ministries? Because you were made for them. And, and they were made for you. Do, you. do you understand? There's no other choice in the matter. And when you believe that, instead of trying to get it to work. So I quit believing years ago. That believing stuff would wrap your brain, knock it in the head. I know in whom I, I get to knowing, I know in whom I have believed. I've been married to Kathy 53. We'll be 54 years come June the 6th of this year. Now I thought I knew everything about that woman. But a woman will never tell you the most intimate secrets of her heart. But uh, that's a safe that only she can unlock. You may think you know everything. Because see, women are way more developed than the soulish realm. You know what the soul is? The breath of God. God breathed oh, in the atom, came a living soul. When you die, you go, oh, that same breath goes back into God. That he gave when you, oh, that's why when that baby goes, oh, oh, back into God. See, Eve was not supposed to look at that tree, but women like pretty things. That tree was pretty. And the fruit was pleasant for food. Now, she shouldn't have done it, but don't blame her yet. Hang on. 
And man, if you said that wouldn't be for that woman, we'd still be in the Garden of Eden. No, you wouldn't. Adam never once looked at the tree of life or looked at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He looking at Eve. He got Eve on his mind. Hey, baby. Hmm. I'm going to come during the cooler today. Not now, Lord. Not now. Not now. Not now. Not now. Not now. He like Eve, but he, he love Eve. When she ate of the fruit, how come sin didn't fall? It didn't. Why? What was God waiting on? Adam. He wasn't across town picking grapefruit and naming bugs. <laughs> he was standing right there. That's right. What was God waiting on? For Adam to do his job to protect his wife. You should have told that snake, shut up. See, what you don't subdue will master you. That'll preach. What you don't subdue will master you. There's one word for the human race. Productivity. Be fruitful, always producing. Multiply, always increasing. Replenish, use it, and then you, fill it up. Then subdue. Anything gets out of line, Put it down. He didn't subdue the snake. The snake became his master. Satan using that snake. Mm. 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 He didn't protect his wife. He ate the fruit. Bam. Sin fell. And when sin falls, you get very stupid. They realize they were naked. So they sewed some fig leaves together. Now that's dumb. Because now the first rash is born. <laughs> Jesus, help us, Lord. You got to be a complete idiot. But I love God so much. He said, I love these people so much that if they're not going to live in this garden, neither am I. That's what God said. If they're not going to live in this garden, neither mind. He took it up and he went out there where Adam and was. Never leave you, forsake you. Do you see my point? Someone knocking on the door. Somebody ringing the bell. And how many times I've heard God say, Jesse knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. Or ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. See, that's what Peter did. The angel departed. He said, I got, I got to get to this church because they're going to catch me again. Yeah. And as soon as he told them, he told them everything. And then he's out of town, son. He's gone. His job was finished right there. Isn't that amazing? So what do you want? What do you want in life? I mean, you can have all you want in life. Spiritual, physical, financial. God don't care what kind of car you drive. The church world does. You don't care what kind of house you live in. I mean, church world does. The secular world, they get all mad about it because they don't value the gospel. I mean, man, Shaq O'Neal, he's a great basketball player. He can live in a beautiful house and buy kids bicycles and ask God and do anything. And he's a great, seems like a really fine man, you know. I mean, and boy, they call them uh, their, their, their houses. Ooh, they love it. Oh, but they get mad at me about my house. Because they don't value the gospel. They don't value the gospel. 
And that's the problem. We value the gospel because this gospel, not a gospel, not some, this gospel, this one right here, shall be preached to the world for witness. And the end shall come. My God, I just want the end to come because you see, and I close with this statement, God finished and then he began. You ever wonder why God don't get disturbed when you ask him for something? Do you think Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago? No. That was his earthly, that was his body died. He was a lamb led to the slaughter before the foundations of the earth, before there ever was a California or a planet earth, or, or even a sun, or a Milky Way galaxy. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost had a meeting. And the Father said, I am going to create a species in my image and my likeness. But they're going to mess up. And I love them. And I need someone to, to give their life on. Jesus said, I'll do it for you, Father. He said, you did. It was finished right there. Now, begin. You see, that's why your children can't figure out why you don't get all disturbed and they're all freaking out over some situation when they're a little, little teenager or something because you've been a teenager. So you already finished. And you try to tell them, now begin. So that's why he's never disturbed about nothing. Nothing. But you can surprise him. I have surprised God many times. I mean, Jesus astonished him so much, the father forgot himself. At the baptism, he started hollering, the father, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Whoa, gee, I got the, whoa. <laughs> he, he astonished the father, God. God hollered from the throne. And why did Jesus come to save you? No, you're the byproduct of that. He came that you might know the father. Because you, the human race, was the idea of the Father. And the Son made it happen, and the Holy Spirit brought the comfort. I'm getting to something else I want. I got to tell you this. You ever notice it says that the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father? You never heard him say the Father and the Son love the Holy Ghost. You can't find it in the Bible. wonder why. You ever notice that? Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. You never even say, Father loves the Holy Spirit. Son loves, never. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is the very act of love. And he never speaks of himself. Never. Is that good? I'm giving you all stuff you can preach on. I mean, he never speaks of himself. He only speaks what he hears, what the Father says. You never hear him say, we love you, Holy Spirit. Because he is the very divine act of love. That's why he's the comforter. Love comforts. Baby hurts. Mama kiss it, make it feel better. That's something about that love. And it can be pain when the baby goes. <laughs> Saw a doctor the other day. Talk about smart. Little babies, you got to give them a shot. Yeah. That hurts in the leg because it looked like the needle could go right through the leg. You know what I mean? The little <laughs> legs. And he started going like, 
And the little baby is just a laughing. <laughs> and, just, and he takes a piece of his cotton, he rubs the leg with, and uh, he's, got the, he's got the syringe, you know. And he, you might have seen that on the, and he rubs the leg, you know, with the alcohol. And the baby, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> boom, and he gives the shot, and the baby goes, <laughs> and just keeps laughing. <laughs> Probably felt the sting, but, oh, and, and he's paying attention to it because he's too funny. got to know your customers. You got to know who God sent you to. And partnering with the ministry like Nancy's, you can touch so many more people. I'm not just saying that because I'm here. I don't say nothing I don't mean. Touch so many more. Actually, I, I guess you could say I'm selfish. I want to get out of here. I'm finished, man. Do you understand? I'm finished with the world. I'm ready to start my work in heaven. You think you can be laying on the ground and angels dropping grapes in your mouth? <laughs> Some of y'all, uh-huh. No. <laughs> no. You ain't going to be dropping no grapes in your mouth. There's a universe out here. Now we know multiple universes. Nancy, he may send you to another galaxy. He may send me to a galaxy. Where you gonna live? In the New Jerusalem. You know, we we don't travel. We travel by the speed of thought. We think, we're there. We think, I mean, that's boom, boom. Speed of light, that's just too slow. It takes a hundred thousand light years to cross the Milky Way galaxy. Just our galaxy. That's 5.6 trillion miles a year. 100,000 years. Too slow. And we're all moving right now. And 19 miles a second. And you don't feel it. You don't think God's good? You don't even feel it. Kathy can get money out of my wallet and I don't even feel it. <laughs> I give her a lot of cash. She, she, she's, like, she's doing this to me and I'm about ready to give me a shot like that baby. I'm going, ooh, what was that? <laughs> I thought that was funny, Kat. That was good. That was good. So when you understand that, someone knocking on the door, you're not going to forget that song. You're going to sing it tonight when you go back to bed. Someone knocking on the door. Your wife will say, shut up, man. We got to get some sleep. Somebody ringing the bell. Peter continued knocking. Did you enjoy it today? Give the Lord a hand clap for that. Cancer has a name. And everything named bows at the name of Jesus. There's a person here, you're afraid to get cancer because it runs in your family. It bothers you. Because some of your family members have came up with cancer. Cancer starts with a cell. Why don't you use the name that destroys the cell? 
because what you fear will come upon you. If you don't subdue this, it will master you. It was the last year we had three, two, two people, two men came with stage four. And I'm not very seldom at the church because I travel so much, Kathy, but I happen to be there when both these men came. I didn't know them. They saw me on television. First time they ever saw me in person. He said, I have cancer. Stage four, and they say I got maybe six weeks. I said, I'm not interested in what they said. What do you say? He just looked at me. I didn't ask him if he was saved. Wasn't dealing with that. He said, but maybe you misunderstood me. Uh, I, I, they told me I have stage four cancer, you know, four to six weeks. I said, I understood everything you said, but I'm not interested in what they said. Yeah. I'm interested in what you say. So what do you say? And say it to me. These tears coming out of his eyes. I don't know much about healing. I said, that's okay, he does. I'd like to get rid of this. Oh, I said, would you like to be a testimony? He said, what's that? I said, a person that had stage four cancer supposed to die in four to six weeks, and when they check him, there's no more cancer. I like that. I like to be a testimony. I said, well, you didn't come here for nothing, did you? I said, you believe me? Look at me, don't lie to me. You believe me? Evidently, you must, because you wouldn't have come. And he'd come from 45 miles away. I do. I said, give me your hand. I said, look at me. Don't close your eyes. I'm going to talk to that rebellious cell. Because that's what cancer is. Cancer is cells in rebellion. Going around the body saying, if you can join us, you can grow as fast as you want. And it gets out of line. And it destroys itself by destroying the body. The definition of cancer came to me for the head of St. Jude's Hospital in Memphis. I asked him, I was on a plane, give me the definition of cancer in layman's term. Don't give me these big medical words. And he thought for a minute and went, cells in rebellion. I said, give me a hand. Look at me. You didn't make this trip for nothing. You believe me? Yes, sir. I said, Jesus, first I thank you because you had cancer on the cross. That's the only time it could attach itself. Jesus was very sick on the cross. All the sickness and disease was laid on him. And I looked at him. I said, in Jesus' name, you rebellious cells, stop your work and die. He just looked at me. Your immune system, stand up like military soldiers. In Jesus' name. I said, everything's okay. I said, your side was hurting when you got to be on. Yeah, I said, touch it now. What? Touch it. He told you, he said, it don't hurt. I said, well, hit it. Hit it with your fist. 
I thought about being Jack Cole, just punching myself, you know. I've seen some of them tapes, you know, <laughs> but I didn't. He went, bam, come on, man, it don't hurt. I said, because it don't exist. Went back to the doctor. He said, I don't know what happened. He said, neither do I, but I'm glad it did. I'm a testimony. <laughs> After two men, no more than about a week and a half, two weeks later, another man, stage four. We're not shooting dice at the gospel casino. Blow on that, Jesus. I hope that works. Oh, God. Now, if you don't want to live, that's a whole nother ball game. Because death and life's in a five-year tongue. But if you want to live, then speak life. Now, if you've got that kind of problem in your body, get out of your seat and come up here. Come quickly. I know it's about 9.20. Is that okay? I, I don't know. Just come quickly. Just lay hands. The anointing of healing is in my body. There's three anointings in my life. The anointing of increase, the anointing of joy, and the anointing of healing. Come. You can stand right there. That's fine. Come on, sweetheart. Ah, man, I get to stand on. I get to be taller than somebody. <laughs> These two other ladies, I'm... Oh my God. Come on, people, keep praying. I know it's just a little quiet. I, I deal with specific things. Now lift your hands up. Look at me. I won't lie to you. I will not lie to you. This won't work if you won't believe it. But I got enough faith to stuff it down your throat. Just make you believe. And I believe you are. I don't have to do that. I believe you want it. Come a little closer, sweetheart. Okay, I'll get to her in just a minute. Everybody stretch forth your hand. Uh, do you have this? You don't have cancer or anything. Okay. Yeah, you're the lady that the Lord bless. You can get you a pickup truck now, girl. Jesus. Jesus, God Almighty. Jesus, touch him, Lord. That little show called Jesus. Jesus, from the top of her head the soles of her feet that every cell stand up and say we will not have death we will have life Jesus breathe on her stay behind her boy Olivia oh Lord not only God to heal if you accept it. He said, tell her I got a lot of money and she needs some. Not only would I take care of your body, I'll take care of your wallet. I want to do a lot of things that people stop me.
Now, if you're choosing to live, you're going to need some finance. Accept both. Jesus, touch your Lord. Touch your Lord. Touch your Father. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, let doctors confirm what you did, Lord. People, stand to your feet right now. God's touching people, but great jobs will be given. When Brother Copeland was here, Brother Richard was here, of course, actually, Sister Nancy. I was flying over, I didn't quite understand this, I do now. I, I, like I had a wagon behind me with a bunch of boxes. And they were all wrapped up like gifts. You know, like Christmas, you know, pretty ribbon and pretty paper, you know. You ever had a gift that you didn't want to open it up because it was wrapped so pretty? You don't want to have to tear it open. He said, tell everyone listening, surely, say it in English. Yeah, well, okay. I'm going to give gifts in this meeting because I'm speeding up the time just like I sped Jesus up at the, that wedding and he turned that water into wine. I must do and I need people to do it because I bound myself with free will when I gave it to the human race and I will not break it. But you that will receive my gifts And some will have the executive office of gifts, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Many of you have gifts of help. But not only will I do these spiritual things, but I got physical things coming by that wagon load. Because in the year 2024, I will be in a given mood all year long. Oh, Lord. And I will breathe upon my people, saith the Lord. And I will cause the heathen world to say, what do they have? And look at what they possess. Unbelievers are coming to help your ministries. Because believers won't. Just like I use Caesar to get Jesus to Bethlehem because Jesus would not have been born in Bethlehem. The prophecy would not have come to pass. You don't take a pregnant woman nine months, put her on a donkey and go 110 miles. It don't work. She's not going to make it unless Caesar Augustus tells you because if you don't, he'll kill you. And this is what's going to happen. Let's go shortly. Say anything. I'm not trying. The unconscious obedience of the unbeliever. That's what's going to happen in 2024. And they ain't going to know why. Remember that dog track race owner that gave Oral Roberts a million dollars? Y'all seen that? Remember that years ago? And, and the media said, do you like oil? No. Why do you give him a million? I don't really know. 
I guess he does good work. See, the unconscious obedience of the unbeliever. The Lord spoke this to me. This is for all ministries. There's more money outside the church than there is inside. And not be afraid of that statement because you live in an economic world. And the reason why you have been delayed because I've told believers to do some things and they would not. So I'm going to get unbelievers. Just like the guy that took care of my ark. And I blessed him because he put it in his house. Get ready. And you're going to hear these words. I just don't know why I'm I, I kind of doing this. But I just feel you do good work. And this needs to be done. How many is going to receive that? Father, you see the hands lifted. Let it be. And God, when we finish this meeting, Nancy closes it out. Let there not be one sick person in the place. Because there's a Holy Ghost healing me. But let these gifts begin to take place. That people come back tomorrow and say, man, you ain't gonna believe what happened. Extreme favor, Lord. Extreme favor. Jesus name. I'm going to say one more thing then I'll turn it to Sister Nancy. If you get my magazine I believe it was October you changed the back of that magazine cover. We had been believing God for a Falcon 7X. That's a jet that flies anywhere in the world one stop. That's what the media tried to destroy me about four years ago. You might have heard about it that I had four jets and it was a lie but I mean you know it brought ratings. And in actuality, it helped me out quite a bit. And my daughter said, Dad, I don't see how you do this. You're the strongest man I've seen in my life. My God. And I asked the Lord, how do you want me to handle this? Because I got ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, PBS, Good Morning America, all of them trying to eat my lunch. You've seen it. He said, you'll kill it with joy. Well, we ran on the back of the cover in October, right, Kathy? A beautiful picture of the 7X and said, mission accomplished. Ladies and gentlemen, I flew that jet here tonight. <laughs> Paid for. Now I told Nancy and them this because, and, and Morgan and her husband, even the kids know this. This jet I purchased, there was two companies that tried to finance it and couldn't. So when I got there, me and Kathy brought my mechanics with me and everything, they all looking at all this stuff. They were so excited, good God, he's gonna, he gonna buy this thing. And I bought it from a man that owns the baseball team in Los Angeles. He's a billionaire. What's the name of that place, Pacific? I don't know the name of it, but anyway. He said, well, how are you gonna finance this? I said, I'm not gonna finance it. What? I said, I'm gonna pay you cash. He said, cash? I said, well, not in a suitcase. <laughs> I said, not, that, that the mafia does that. You understand what I mean? We're bringing the gift here, you know. <laughs> you know. I'll just pay you cash. How much cash are you going to give me? I said, I'll give you $21 million. You're going to take it? Because I got to go to lunch. 
Yes, sign that. Sign it. It's worth 30 million. I serve a Jewish God. I don't pay retail. You do what you want. You do what you want to do. I don't pay retail. You, it ain't for me. It's amazing. I'm not bragging about it. It's just amazing. Amen. Keith Moore and Jerry and Malcolm. Kenna sent me a wonderful, I don't carry a cell phone. People say, I can't believe you don't. Kathy does. I give her number out to everybody. <laughs> and he wrote, he texts Kathy, tell us to Jesse, come a long way since that Citation 500. The next plane, I'd have to get an airliner. Like some people say, Warren Buffett's people said, he has arrived. Because my guys, when they were being tired, they were all there pilots. These are multi-billionaires that has these kind of planes. All I want is to preach the gospel. That, you know, I, don't, I, I don't care. I ain't trying to show off. I don't even know. I don't know how to fly it. Brother Copeland loves me. He said, don't you want to learn how to fly? I prefer to learn how, learn how to land. <laughs> but I haven't had time to learn that. 21 million cash? Now, if I can do that, why can't you do that? Oh, and I didn't hurt a lick. Okay. Nothing. And Kathy said, I said, you know, I got this Falcon 900. That's a beautiful plane. Anywhere in the world, two stops. I said, that's Kathy's now. She go one way, I go the other. Oh, it's going to make, it makes them mad, you know. I just fly over the house, tip the wing. <laughs> Persecution comes. You know, hundredfold with persecution. But those kind of people doesn't seem to mind. When they were eating my lunch in Good Morning America, a hedge fund operator of, uh, of Wall Street called and said, what are y'all mad at this guy for? It's one of the most phenomenal jets. It burns less fuel than most of them. It's very economic. Yeah, it's expensive, but my God, he's going to get his money back. That's just called good business. And he hung up on Good Morning America. Remember that? Remember that? It was just amazing. I'm 10 years ahead. We bought the jet, brought it, <laughs> looked at my aviation staff. Everybody was all like, Jesus. And I pulled out a folder. I said, look at this. It's an airliner. I got to thinking, I could bring my own ushers. <laughs> bring everybody that you need to help in the meeting. It won't cost them nothing just to get on the plane. I said, that's 10 years ahead. Still keep this one. Only difference is it's just bigger. I say that for you, Nancy. I've seen your list. What you believing for? Instead of believing, we just believe it all in one lick. Just, you have to sit down. Jesus, somebody help me. I used to try to do one thing at a time. Remember that? The Lord said, what you doing? Give it all to me. Give it to me, all of it in one lick. What you meant was, give me a job, Jesse. Not just one. Keep me so busy. It'll all come. 
and it'll come for you too. Why would God love me more than he loves you? He's not a respecter of person. He is a respecter of faith. Y'all know that. Just believe it. And don't let time defeat you. And it'll help you. Whatever you want done. If it's buildings, since you got to believe for the pay the note, why don't you believe to pay it off? You got to believe anyway. I learned that from Donald Trump. I heard him say that to Ivanka. Ivanka, you're going to think anyway. You might as well think big. Oh, are you, are you, are you endorsing it? No, I'm not. I think if he won the presidency, <laughs> our economy would go crazy. But I got a word for him, and it's not from God. It's me, it just, uh, shut up a little bit. <laughs> I'm not gonna be honest. Because they know how to push your button. Move your button. <laughs> Learn it from your Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. They'd ask him something stupid, he'd say, next question. I'd say, Trump's a counterpuncher. You hit him, he's gonna come at you. He's smart as a whip. You know it. He'll get that job done. And he won't blink, son. You know he won't blink. And I don't hate President Biden. I don't hate nobody. I hate the devil. But sometimes, if people know where your button is, just move it. So they can't find it. And God will honor you. Yeah, one more thing and I'll shut up. And then that's income. Tonight, the Lord said, tell them to ask me for things wherever they are, if they're in hotels or home or whatever. Uh, uh, things, I want physical, materialistic things. Give me a job to go get those things for you. And if some of you will believe, you'll get it before the end of this meeting. Remember when Brother Coleman gave me that prophecy? 1995? He said, by the end of 94, you'll have everything you believe in for. I looked at my mind, I thought, Kenneth, you have no idea what I'm believing for. I'm believing for foreign offices in Australia, that's a lot of money. Foreign offices in England, that's a lot of money. I'm believing for a television truck, that's a lot of money. All this, I'm believing for a jet, that's a lot of money. Come December 31st, 1994, when January 1 came, everything, everything, I'm not, everything, I didn't know how to pray in 95. He gave me everything, the offices, the TV truck, everything. I said, Kathy, what we're gonna pray for? She said, I don't know. The Lord said, y'all go somewhere and figure it out. Ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Someone knocking on the door. Boy, it didn't take long, but we came back with another list. He said, good. You can never break me. Start tonight. And remember the unconscious obedience of the unbeliever. That's where some of you are going to get your need met. Your desire given and you want entrusted to you. Give Jesus a hand clap as Pastor Nancy comes. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store.
This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.